0: There is no greater agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. Maya Angelou Welcome to the Citizens of the Globe podcast, where we not only embrace, but encourage change in our environment, in our bodies, in our minds, and in our souls. My name is Michael Maltese, and I aim to break down the borders we create in our minds One meaningful conversation at a time. First things first, I would love to just show you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen into this podcast. It means more to me than I will ever be able to convey to you. Moving on, I'd really like to actually just jump into things, jump into the content of What this podcast is and what this episode is going to be about, and then tell you a little bit more about what this whole journey is as a podcast, what is Citizens of the Globe, and introduce myself a little bit at the end. I know that's a little bit unorthodox, but I think it might serve better to you as a listener to hear a little bit about what this kind of podcast is going to be and if it's worth it to you to listen. So with that, let's hear about what the topic of this episode is. And it's something I've been hearing in my circles of my social circles a lot. And, and people have come to me about the problems they're facing with this, but it's, it's mental health related and more specifically, the accessibility to these mental health services that they are seeking. Um, and it's something I've actually had to navigate myself. And so I think I have a little bit of a knowledge. I've gained a little bit of knowledge, I guess, in life. And maybe I can help whoever you are. If you're listening and you're struggling, maybe I can help you navigate a little less painfully the mental health service industry here in America. Because I don't have the knowledge outside of America, but... I soon hope to gain some. All right. I'd like to first talk about the positives that we've seen in society today. Like, I think we've all seen a huge increase over the past few years in the awareness and education of mental health. So like, what is mental health? What are mental illnesses? How to spot, you know, certain maladaptive behaviors. And I think it's great. People are becoming more self-aware. People are learning that they're not okay and learning that it's okay to seek therapy. And that's great. Um, That is is actually a wonderful thing because it's at the core of all these issues that we're gonna talk about today. That's the one thing that needs to keep happening for everything else to fall in line and the earth to become a better place. this increase in education also led to an increase in demand because people were becoming self-aware of their, you know, mental states and that some of them may be not that healthy. Their coping mechanisms could be better. They started to seek, you know, therapy, uh, psychiatrists, medication, group therapy, CODA. AA, which is like Codependents Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, those kind of groups. But the demand wasn't being met, (laughs) meaning this is the problem. Their insurances aren't covering, you know, services and, and society as a whole isn't prioritizing mental health. We are just prioritizing what we always do, which is unfortunately labor and profit. But that's a whole separate issue and a topic for another episode that we can dive into. But let's stick to the mental health thing. This this fact that the demand for mental health services is increasing is highlighted in a study that I uh, looked up. The CDC found that in just l- the late June of 2020, so a few months deep into the pandemic, some 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health issues and substance abuse. Personally, I feel like that number is actually an underrepresentation of the whole issue. See, while the education is, is increasing and the awareness is increasing, I don't think that message is hitting a certain population of, well, America and the whole world. And maybe that message is also being misconstrued with other issues and not being received as well as it should. And I think that leaves a lot of people... ...from reporting or being honest with themselves and saying, hey, I am struggling. Which is okay, because it's all on everybody's own time. And if you're not struggling, nobody should tell you you are struggling. Well, I guess... ...if you are struggling and people are telling you you are struggling... ...and you don't feel that way, you should at least have the conversation you shouldn't outright deny. Because as long as the intention is pure of the person who's bringing up their concern, then there's no need to be defensive, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Let's let's move on from that. Because we know what the issue is now. People need help, and they're not getting help. What are the barriers, then, why, why can't people get help? What's stopping people from getting the help? There's a lot of them, but the main three that I want to talk about today and bring to your attention, you're probably already thinking of. Um, the first one's financial, meaning I got a car bill to pay. I got insurance to pay. I got utilities. I got my rent. I got my mortgage. I got this. I got that bill. The last thing I have in my budget, I don't even... I don't even go to the doctor so so like I don't I don't get seen regularly for a physical the last thing I have in my budget is space and money and time for a therapist to sit down and talk that's it's just not gonna happen not in today's world I'm sorry we're just gonna keep it pushing and maybe later I'll deal with it but not today I feel like that's that's a very common uh conversation that happens when you talk about making time and money and resources available to yourself to seek mental health services it's just not it's not there so that's the first issue financial the second issue i'd like to talk about is that there's not enough mental health professionals period meaning i've well People have come to me and, you know, when we talk about therapy and and open that conversation, they say, well, Michael, I've, you know, I've hit up a few therapists and, and I just never got an email back or I never got a call back or they referred me to another and then that person didn't answer. And so now I'm just like stuck in an endless referral loop of people who aren't taking clients now. And that is a conundrum because, you know, how much strength it has it takes to even seek the help and then to just be met with a wall of I'm sorry I can't help you I am helping so many other people I think this issue highlights two things one that there is a lot of people seeking help right now and two it takes a really special type of person to become a mental health professional because You have to be able to process other people's pains and issues. Help them through that all while maintaining your own life and your own healthy behaviors and boundaries and not getting consumed with your work because you have to be a stable person for whoever is seeking you for help. So it takes a a really, a really strong person, really grounded person to become a mental health professional. And if you're helping <laughs> if you're that grounded and you're helping others, right? If it takes that, that that special type of person who's who's able to put their like issues and and deal with them internally and sometimes externally with their own therapist. That leaves the rest of the population who is seeking you for help. And that that's that's growing every day. With more education and awareness, so so those this issue is is it's a conundrum, uh, it's yeah it baffles me, but hopefully with more education, more people realize that oh wow hey you know I'm a pretty healthy individual just naturally I I never realized it until I learned you know the science and the psychology behind my coping strategies. Fortunately, I learned. I learned them on my own I would really like to help other people learn similar strategies and strategies that work for them and maybe you know that portion of the population becomes more aware of psychology and is able to enter the field and help people who need help adapting to the world and society that we've created so issue number one financial issue number two not enough mental health professionals what's issue number three well interestingly like issue number three is just an overall thing and I think an, an overall idea or concept and it's, it's just a cultural shift I think we need to as a society start becoming more and more okay with saying hey the things I've been doing are not working i don't need to sit here and (laughs) describe the whole dsm-5 there are disordered behaviors that a lot of people exhibit and they don't need to go through life on that one track road because it's not healthy for them and it's not healthy for everybody else in their life so i think as a society we need to start being able to be okay Recognizing those patterns of behavior, and calling them for what they are, whether that be you know a mental illness, a disordered behavior, or just a, a maladaptive coping strategy, we need to be okay with rec- recognizing that and and handing people off to mental health services and and helping them get treatment and opening up the resources. But that comes again through just more education, awareness and and people being open to having the conversation, right? Um it's it's going to take time and there's no well, there is a rush, right? We need we need to start fixing things, but that cultural shift is going to take time no matter what. And it, it's only going to take time. There's nothing we can do to expedite that, other than just keep talking about it. And it's just going to take its natural course. And eventually, we'll get to a place where people are very receptive to mental health, and they're very educated, and everybody's talking about you know their their daily life and comfortable opening up with you know the things they've struggled with. But it, it shouldn't have to be. I, I guess today. I wish it already wasn't stigmatized, like opening up about, oh yeah, I'm a ther- I am go to a therapist, or oh yeah, I struggled with this disorder, or yeah, I'm diagnosed with this. I wish today there wasn't that stigma. But the reality of things is there is a stigma, and the only way to combat that is with conversation and time. And I'm confident. I'm very, very confident that we as a society will start to trend towards more openness and acceptance. Okay, so we've talked about what the problem is and then went into the specifics. I'd like to just take a second here, and it's probably going to be more than a second if I'm being honest. to Go through what my mental health journey was, because I feel like aside from a, aside from the diagnosable like DSM five criterion, uh, disordered behaviors and mental illnesses, there's a subset of people who kind of lay in this twilight zone where they're not sure if they're okay. They're not sure if they're just needing to suck it up and keep pushing through life and I would say I I lay in that group I'm someone who is pretty successful and yet I've always had this feeling that it was never enough no matter what I did and that feeling eventually caught up to me So it kind of looked like this, you know, I would, as a kid, I, I, (laughs) as a kid, I definitely didn't have the most stable childhood and I moved around a lot. Like I went to six different schools by the time I was in sixth grade. So I never had a stable friend group. And what that did was create a very shelled Michael. Uh, A Michael who was constantly having to think about all the behaviors that he was exhibiting to people and pick and choose which ones to show which people to see how I could best make friends, how I could fastest make friends. And that kind of, that kind of life is, is, is weird growing up, but okay. Okay. When I finally did get a stable environment, and I grew up around some people, and and I had a like a a, a group of friends that I, I felt like I I bonded with, there was always this part of me that felt out of place. Like, oh, you know, these cool these kids are cool, but you know, I want to be with those kids, or th- this group is cool, but I want to be at that group. And and this is a pattern that I've been able to sit back and analyze that I do with everything in life, you know, at work. Oh, you know, I've picked up this this qualification. I want to go for this qualification. This qualification not enough. I want to go for that qualification. I did this thing. I did this many um, hours of work. I want to do that many hours of work. I made this much money. I want to make that much money. It's something for me that is actually a problem. I don't know when to stop. It's exhausting, and it leads me into depressed depressive states those depressive states however i'm able to get myself out of that's that's what made me question if i should ever really seek therapy it's like well if i'm if i'm sitting here and yeah i do get depressed and yeah i do hate life and life turns gray but that's you know only three months out of the year and then the rest of the you know year i'm i'm feeling good why should i go see a therapist well, just like the little cycles were catching up to me over my entire life, imagine me going through that. How many three-month spans of depressive states was would I go through? How much time is that of my life? And it's not something that I have to go through. It's something that I can learn to manage. And that's what I've been learning in therapy, that there is all these little so many different factors all these little you know traumatic events from my po- my childhood traumatic events from today traumatic events from you know last week that affect who i am today and how i learn how i perceive the world and how i react to the world all those external environmental facts also intersect with genetic code in me that predisposes me to a certain temperament. That like there's nothing it's inherited in me that I experience the world in a certain way because of my mom and my dad, they gave me these genes, and there's a way that I inherit I experience the world because of that. So all these different facts, you know, genes, environment, they come together and if you never communicate and learn if I never learned and communicated with people well then I would keep doing life in the only way that I knew and that would honestly not be a very fulfilling life I would always be striving for something more I would never be content with what I have therapy along with some eastern philosophies and and research into like Buddhism and Hinduism have uh helped me see that there's another path in life. So, I hope if you're in the similar situation as me, and you're not sure if you should seek some mental health services in some capacity, well, take this as your message as your little divine timing the universe speaking to you to go seek some mental health services for you for nobody else just you and hey if you end up not needing it you're like eh. after a few sessions i think i can still do this on my own well you can walk away but the doors now open If you ever do need it with that, I would like to give you guys some short term solutions, right? So I just, I maybe open your eyes to the fact that you need some, you want to seek some help, but I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some, some options, right? Especially if you're struggling financially, like that's the biggest barrier I hear from people all the time. Financial, financial, uh, financial stress it, it just wouldn't fit in their budget so the first thing I'm going to refer or put out there is uh, the National Alliance for Mental Illness Volunteer Helpline that's uh, NAMI for short the, the short acronym they are a wonderful resource for people who don't have anywhere else to turn see the volunteer helpline will help you get resources to the next echelon of care they'll help you walk through you know sometimes crisis so like if you're if you need somebody to talk to you can call their number you can go on their website and they have multiple numbers you know they have like suicide helplines and and um just like resource helplines but you can find the number you need and get some help not only will they like give you the resources but they actually help the volunteers help walk you through a plan like what you need to say how you need to navigate insurances and get you really really get you a plan to 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 hand off and and take the next step in your 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 mental health journey so once again that's the national alliance for mental illness Um, one other option that I would like to actually take most of the time for this segment is group therapy. So there are a ton of groups available in your area. I guarantee it. And a lot of them are therapist led, meaning like therapist. They hold their own practice and their own individual sessions for one on ones. But a lot of them also do low cost group sessions for like a variety of their clients to come in and talk with one another. And they do this either for like $15 a session or sometimes even for free because it's just out of the goodness of their heart and they they really want people to feel comfortable opening up. The reason I want to take a bit for this is to really sell group therapy because I think it's an underutilized resource because people are scared to talk. This ties in with the stigmatization, but people are scared to talk to other people. People are scared to, to say, hey man, like, I'm struggling. But there's something amazing that happens in group therapy. Aside from the fact that you sit there and you you realize that other people are struggling with very, very, very similar things as you. When you're sitting there and listening something amazing happens you you know you'll listen to their problems and be like oh man like that's something i'm struggling with too but then you'll also do one other thing you'll almost try to find a solution for them or empathize with them and when you do that and you also couple that thought with the realization that their problems are very similar to yours, you start to understand your life and your problems and your issues a little bit more. And all that happened from you just listening. I experienced this personally in a Codependence Anonymous meeting, and it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever experienced. I... I'm not super religious, and I don't really think... I don't believe there is a... God? But I do believe there is a power, some force of life flowing through all of us that is currently indescribable. And when I was in that group session in CODA, that I think is the closest I have ever been to that force it was beautiful and actually I was going to sit there and just listen the entire session but I heard one one guy speak up and that one person's bravery speaking up it sparked something in me and I was like wow okay that's that's beautiful I hope I hope I can just be as brave as him. And and then I said, you know what? No, I am going to be as brave as him because maybe me being brave will spark something in the next person and and they can get something they've been holding in off their chest. And that's exactly what happened. I I spoke up and, you know, it kept going. More and more people kept talking and it was beautiful. And it helped me a ton. So again, that's group therapy. I think it's an underutilized resource that so many people should look into if they're they're struggling some of the other ones I'll just go through them quick university graduate training clinics this is for graduates of like the psychology field who are trying to get some their feet wet and they're trying to get some experience. they often offer like super low cost I'm talking like one dollar a session um, therapies like therapist sessions and they're supervised by actual psychologists like professional in the field for you know years and that can be a great resource if you're already on a campus or if you're going to college but they also open it up to the general public in a lot of places so you can check that out just google you know university grant graduate training clinics for psychology in my area another option is one path network it's an online online resource that kind of acts like an insurance basically you pay a one-time fee and then it opens up a library of therapists to you and you can, you know, try out a bunch of different therapists for pretty low cost about 30 a session and find one you're really comfortable with. This this is a really great option if you're super super scared that, you know, you talk to one person and they're not going to they're not going to do anything for you. So like instead of having to lock in and go the insurance route and and do all the paperwork and lock in with one therapist, you can try, you know, a ton of different therapists and find one that you really connect with. And then the last option I'm going to talk about is it's just sometimes it might be the easiest option, and it's just calling the therapist that you you know you looked up on Psychology Today or Googled, and calling them, emailing them, and explaining your situation. Like, hey, I'm, I'm low income. Do you think you would be able to work with me? I'm struggling right now. Do you think you'd be able to work with me and and create like a sliding scale for the session, a sliding scale payment for the session? And if not, if they can't, ask them to refer you to someone that can or a resource that can because I'm sure they, being in the field, will know a little bit more than you who just did a quick Google search. So it could be a great way to just if they can't do it, if the therapist you, you found can't do it, getting you to somebody who can. And and much quicker than you just call cold calling a bunch of different places and then getting discouraged and then giving up on your your journey. So yeah. If if all else fails, just give give the therapist a call and, and explain the situation. You know, most people get into the field because they care. They won't leave you hanging. And then Before we end the episode today, the last thing I wanted to talk about was what the World Health Organization sees the mental health space becoming in the future. And we've slowly been working towards this. Basically, they have a model. So, like, they have a model that's a pyramid. So if you imagine a pyramid, you have a very small section at the top and then a very wide base. And so... What that entails is that that wide base is all those communal resources, those repeat resources that are being used often, and what we hope is that those those resources gain the most funding. Right? That's that's group therapy, um, code, codependence codependent anonymous, alcoholics anonymous, narcotics anonymous, all those kind of the those kind of resources individual therapists too like lmfts life family uh marriage therapists um couples counseling all those communal resources they get the the most funding because that's the most widely used and then as you go up the pyramid and the bases get smaller those those slices get smaller you have in the middle maybe inpatient programs and outpatient programs so these are like crisis um crisis intervention programs like you you go and stay at the hospital for you know a few days and you really take a mental break outpatient programs are you know you go three to five times a week and you learn some skills you have some group therapy you have some individual sessions and you really work hard to retrain your brain to be healthier and more more useful to you and those around you. You stop being um, a victim of the symptoms, and you start taking control of your life. The, those those programs are great, and then at the very top, right, the smallest section would be like, I guess, there would be more like mental health institutes. This this is for like people who are really struggling in life, and and you know maybe they're they're not too far gone because I don't believe anybody is too far gone. That's a, that's a belief I used to hold, that nobody would ever, that people don't change. And growing up, I've learned a lot, and I, I know now that people do change, and it's never too late for anybody. But sometimes certain individuals need to be separated from the populace. For their own safety and for the safety of others and so that's what that top echelon that top tier of the pyramid is um so yeah that's the episode that's the content you know i i talked about what what our problem is here in in america at least with the mental health space and not there there being a huge demand but not enough um supply of mental health services we talked about why you should seek some of that therapy, why you should seek some mental health services we talked about, what you can do now if you do feel like you need some mental health services and you need it now we talked about all those things and we talked about that long term like what is the mental health space going to look like this end portion of the episode, maybe like the next 5 to 10 minutes, is just going to be me explaining why I started this podcast and who I am and if you'd like to pause the podcast here and come back to it later that's fine if you'd like to just dip out for the rest of your life and never come back to this thing that's fine too okay for the people that are still here and still listening my name is Michael Maltese like I said in the beginning and I've told you a little bit about my life Um, you heard how I grew up not all of it you don't get the whole picture but you've just in this conversation probably started developing some kind of image of the voice that you're listening to and that's pretty cool so i'd like to refine that a little bit and kind of tell you what my passions are what my my background is and maybe we can maybe you can get to know me a little better so i am 22 years old I'm a first-generation Nicaraguan-American, and my passion in life, while I struggled finding that for a minute, I think I've always known, at least since junior year of high school, is psychology. And I strayed away from it for a a bit, thought I wasn't going to do it, got consumed by like the capitalist society and, and money, but my life has kind of led me back to psychology and I'm pursuing, you know, my doctorate in psychology. Um, I just started my school journey, so it's going to be some time, but I'm in no rush because all we got is time. But that's kind of a little bit about me. More importantly, I'd like to talk about what this podcast is. Why did I even start it? So as I transition into this next phase of my life, a big thing that I am going to accomplish is traveling the world. That's why this thing is called Citizens of the Globe because I truly do want to meet all the individuals that make up this earth. And I wanna talk to them and get to know them and see how their life led them to view the world the particular way that they do. And in that conversation. Maybe they can learn a little bit about my life. And why I see the world the way I do. And I'd like to extend that conversation to you. And you know. Through social media. And and YouTube. And things like that. I'd like to have that conversation with you guys as well. And we can grow. Because that's what in my opinion. this This whole life thing is about. It's about growth so as I travel the world I'm gonna be taking this Zoom PodTrack P8 and these two microphones maybe some more and really connecting with people and as I connect with those people I want to offer them the opportunity to have this conversation and bring it to a platform that maybe they've never had and maybe in that conversation on this podcast, they say something very, very insightful. And maybe that's exactly what you needed to hear on that particular day, at that particular moment, in this particular universe, for things to click for you. So if I have the capabilities to do that, I'm gonna do it. And that's what this podcast is about. So, if you'd like to take this journey with me, then, hey, I, like I've said a million times already, I really appreciate that, and, and I commend you, because these kind of journeys, they're not quick, you know, 20 minute in and outs, they're lifelong. So, with that, this is the true ending of the episode. Once again, this has been the Citizens of the Globe podcast. My name is Michael Maltese, and I hope you're having the day that you want to have.